0: the movie doctor, J.K. Sturgeon, a.k.a. the good doctor, a.k.a. our film aficionado, and how to talk a little summer movies and possibly some TV shows, and then we are going to talk a little bit of baseball with the good doctor. Welcome in to the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and with us today, J.K. J.K., thanks for joining us. It's good to be back. It has been far, far too long. So, the way today's show is going to work is we're going to start with a little bit of baseball talk, and then we're going to transition to some movies. J.K., I know you're always down to talk a little bit of movies.
1: Yeah, I've, I've watched a few movies lately.
0: As I figured you have. Okay, so the big thing that we were talking about, and I pointed out yesterday on Twitter was that the Astros had their funeral for Carlos Beltran's glove. Yes. Performed by Brian McCann. Dressed in robes. <laughs> so I just think that that's I, – I put out on Twitter yesterday that I, that would be who I would bet on right now because yeah. teams with chemistry like that, I think you saw that a little bit with the Cubs last year, seen it with the Royals two years ago. These young teams with a couple veterans that they're playing really well They like being around each other. And anytime I've read anything about a championship team, those guys love being together. They don't just play together because they're on the same team. They truly enjoy each other. And that is what I saw from the Astros yesterday.
1: Did you get the backstory behind why they buried the glove?
0: Uh, because it's been like 52 games since he's played in the field.
1: <laughs> yeah. It said it's been completely unused since like May 16th or something. And so they decided to quote unquote bury it out in the outfield. And all the players wore black t-shirts except for Brian <laughs> McCann who wore like this black robe and was like leading his congregation. It was one of the funniest things I've seen all year.
0: Yeah. And Beltron's bat was keeping them in the game last night. I ended up... I don't know. I went to bed at like eleven and they were playing the Mariners and it was eight to seven. So they were staying in that game and you know they've got just a ridiculous lead out west. I think it's at sixteen and a half games right now, which they've enjoyed a ten plus game lead since May. So I I really like that shows going forward.
1: Yeah, I I do too. And I really like Beltron. Like I mean, he's gotta be a surefire Hall of Famer, right?
0: Oh, no doubt. I think he has the third most home runs of any switch hitter all time
1: yeah and i think he has
0: what like 300 stolen bases as well yeah so i i mean i think that he's a surefire guy who started his career with the kansas city royals (laughs) yes something like 20 years ago uh so speaking of the royals uh last week lucas and i were all in we were buying all the royal stock we could get our hands on since that time the Royals have gone 1 and 6. And I think that maybe Ned Yost is doing it just to mess with us. But the Royals, they're still they're at 500 right now. They're only a game and a half back of the second wild card. I still think they're going to go for it, but if they're going to get some trade help, they probably need to do it here pretty quick.
1: Yeah, cuz they're running out of time. We've only got what 2 weeks, less than 2 weeks now until the trade deadline. So if they're going to make a move, they need to make a move now.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, Lucas and I have kind of talked all year that the quicker the trades go, you know, the more desperate people get, and with like eight teams within five games of a wild card spot in the American League. Which is just insane. Yeah, there's not going to be a lot of sellers. Maybe you'll see a couple in the National League, but you know, the Cubs, the Cardinals, you know, the Pirates to a certain extent, like, there's nobody looking to fire sale. And for all the all the talk of Ozuna and Yellick and Stanton getting traded, if that's what you're betting your season on.
1: Well, the Marlins said today that they're not going to trade their starting outfielders and not even listen to trade talks or any kind of offers until the winter. So that's that's off the table. Yeah,
0: and I, I wouldn't imagine why. Yeah. I mean they have a dynamic young outfield. I would keep that together. Look what look what the Nationals got for Adam Eaton. Yeah. I mean, if they in the winter do trade somebody, they're going to get a haul for them. So it, be excited to see what goes on there. But all the Cardinals fans, and I am a Cardinals fan, JK is a Cardinals yeah. fan. But Lucas sent me a link of a guy who was wanting to trade, like, Fow- or I'm sorry, Fowler and Piscotti. Yeah, Piscotti for Ozuna and Yellick. And I'm like, come on, man. that That's just backseat GM anyhow moving on the Nats finally made a move to solidify their bullpen and they went out and got Sean Doolittle and Ryan Madsen from the Oakland A's and they did not have to give up their number one prospect to do it so that is a good sign for the Nationals
1: yeah and Sean Doolittle's been with the A's for his entire career and he's actually a guy that grew up an A's fan and I thought that that was kind of cool you know when posting his like you know thank you to the oakland a fan base on twitter he actually attached a picture of him as a kid like as a four-year-old kid at the coliseum wearing you know an ace hat and i thought that was pretty cool like that you know he's been an ace fan from you know since at least four years old yeah and played for them you know and has lived his dream but i think he's got a real chance to win a world series ring with the nationals
0: yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, that was a good move for the Nats to actually go for it this year because after next year, that Bryce Harper contract is up, Yeah, and no guarantee he's going to be there. If Lucas was here, he'd point out that he's Bryce Harper's name is named Wrigley. <laughs> he's going to Wrigley. So that's, JK, any, any last thoughts on the Yankees? Any direction you think as a partial Yankees fan that they, do you think, they um, should sell? Or, I'm sorry, not sell. you think they should buy or they should stand put?
1: I, I think they should just stay the course. I don't see them having any any place where they need to make a move right now. And if they're going to make a move, they might end up having to give away some pieces. So, for me, I just don't think it makes any sense for them to, to do anything.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that they have enough good prospects still. And to pair with Judge and Sanchez. Whew. Did you watch the Home Run Derby? Yeah, Good lord. Wow. I mean, Judge was miss hitting balls into the upper deck in right field. Right. My
1: eight month old son, who, you know, has an attention span of a moth, was glued to the TV when Aaron Judge was hitting, and every time he would hit one out, he would, like, giggle. It was crazy.
0: Hey, I mean, Kids everybody enjoys it. Yeah. <laughs> I felt
1: like I was eight years old watching the home run derby because oh. it was just, it was so much fun. Like, I don't remember a home run derby being that much fun in recent memory.
0: Yeah, it was a ton of fun. And even when like the moment you think whenever Bohr hits twenty two home runs and you're like, ah, well, crap, we really wanted Stanton and Judge and now it's over and then Judge just goes and puts on a freaking clinic.
1: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say something and I can't believe I'm even putting this out there, but I, I had serious doubts and I even texted Mason And I said, Mason, there's no way Judge is going to get 23. Like, you know, that's just too much pressure. He's a rookie. Um, I just don't think he's going to be able to get it done. And Mason's like, no, he's going to get more than 23. And I think that he did get 24. Like, they told him one of those didn't go out. But I thought it did. It was the one that hit off
0: the ceiling. It hit off the ceiling. It hit off the roof. I'm sorry, ceiling. It hit off the roof. Yeah, Like, that ball was going to go 600 feet. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. It's insane. So now let's get over to JK's specialty. Let's talk a little movies. JK, uh, what movie notes do you have for us?
1: Uh, so we've been lucky so far this year. We've had four big comic book movies, and I would say that all four of them have been pretty good. Um, the last one that I saw was *Iron Man: Homecoming*. Um, I went and saw that at the Alamo Draft House. Have you been there yet? I have not. Free ad space for the Alamo Draft House. It is awesome. Uh, the Ozark B and B is great um and and i like the atmosphere they have there and uh you know the ability to eat and drink while you watch the movie i think that's really cool uh the alamo draft house though is a little bit bigger a little bit bigger selection of food and drinks and stuff so i i thought it was a really unique movie going experience i plan to use them a lot more here in the future especially for some of the movies that we've got on tap for the dog days of summer coming up but uh, but yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, so anybody listening, you should definitely check them out. It's, uh, it's definitely unique.
0: So what are your thoughts on Spider-Man Homecoming right now?
1: I would say Spider-Man Homecoming probably right now, if I had to pick, if I absolutely had to pick, is probably my favorite movie of the year so far.
0: I completely agree. And I have not been a Spider-Man guy in forever Ever, yeah yeah
1: maybe not since i was watching the cbs saturday morning cartoon version of spider man have i actually enjoyed spider man as much as i did this year around yeah and it, and it was just it was really good you know a lot of people are comparing it to like it's a john hughes type movie so it has like that almost breakfast club 16 candles type of feel to it but really i think the thing that stood out for me the most is this is the first superhero movie that i can think of where the guy that is the superhero is enjoying being that type of you know person you know and having that responsibility he's not like weighed down like with the responsibility of it like because i mean what's the biggest sacrifice he makes in the movie oh he's gonna miss out on going on the prom date with you know the girl that he has a crush on like that's the biggest thing he has to let go of yeah but other than that i mean it was it's a it's a fantastic movie
0: yeah and so when my wife and i were leaving the theater after seeing uh spider-man homecoming i think that part of the reason for marvel's success that they've had is this marvelous they've created because i was thinking back to early spider-mans early early comic book movies and there's even if they do try to give some sort of backstory of how 16 year old Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man, you're still like, there's some holes in this, some pretty big holes. In the Marvel Universe, you know, Iron Man, Tony Stark is watching out for him, that's how he gets his suit, and everything just clicks and flows a lot easier than before. Yes, and this one has an advantage
1: that the other Spider-Man movies didn't have. And this is the third time that we have been given a brand new live action Spider-Man. And so it's not overburdened with origin stories like DC still hasn't quite figured that out yet because we had Batman V Superman last year and they're still showing us like, you have to know why Bruce became Batman. It's because his mom and dad were shot <laughs> in crime alley. Did you know that like at no point in this movie, do they say uncle Ben? Yeah, I know. So I, I noticed, noticed that there that's not mentioned at all. It's like, it's kind of alluded to when he mentions like Aunt May, well, she's got a lot going on right now or something like that. You know, she's got enough on her plate, but you know, it's not overburdened with the origin story. You know, he was bit by a radioactive spider. You know, he has superpowers, you know, that he lost his parents and his uncle. Um, But it's able to move forward because it has the, the backstory of the entire Marvel universe to lean on specifically with, you know, Iron Man who, I mean, you could pretty much say the Marvel universe revolves around Tony Stark at this point in time.
0: He funds them, JK? Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. His, that Audi that he was driving. Was, oh man. It was pretty sweet. Well, um, I actually went to a screening that Audi was doing and they had an RA in the parking lot after the meet, and it was uh, it
0: was pretty nice. Was that in Springfield?
1: It was in Springfield. There was an, there was an Audi RA in Springfield. Wow. Yeah. I'd drive one
0: yeah i gave it to me yeah i probably would too (laughs) so any more thoughts on spider-man before we move on to wonder woman
1: no i think that's that's about it
0: okay so let's talk a little bit about wonder woman
1: i liked it a lot i would say that's probably my second favorite movie and really i i don't think that there's i don't want to say that spider-man homecoming is necessarily quote-unquote better than wonder woman i think that spider-man homecoming was more lighthearted, and maybe that's what gives it the edge but wonder woman is a very very good movie it's a good war movie
0: yeah and I think uh beyond Gal Gadot did a really good job as Wonder Woman uh Chris Pine did a phenomenal job in his role in that movie so can we do spoilers or are we gonna we gonna lay off
1: spoilers for for our review because I want to know how much I can say and how much I I don't want to say
0: let, let's go for it. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman's been out for it. We'll we'll we won't kill any spoilers on Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. But we'll do like a, a month rule. If a movie's been out for more than a month, yeah. then it's on you, the listener, go out and see it. Or we'll g- even give a spoiler alert in here. Sorry, my wife just came in to uh, get in on the spoiler alert talk. Uh,
1: so, what are your thoughts on? them basically killing
0: off Steve Trevor or Chris Pine's character. Um, I think it was a mistake. I think that, uh, maybe the audience was, I felt pretty invested in his character and I would hope that that would continue because I don't know how the flow will go in the next show. You know how the continuity of the cast will be without him. So I actually heard a really awesome fan theory about how they
1: can reincorporate him. Uh, And no, it's not bringing him back. as like a force ghost or something from star Wars. (laughs) Uh, so the next movie they have just released, I mean, this is relatively new within the last week or so that, um, they're not going to do world war two for the second wonder woman movie. They're going to do the cold war. So it's going to be that, I think they said early to mid eighties, uh, kind of thing. So, you know, where, where does Steve Trevor's legacy and where does that all fit into that movie? And so, I mean, having him killed off in the first movie, it's like, well, where do you go with that? Um, But the unique fan theory that I heard is that they can use the Martian Manhunter, who is a shapeshifter and could turn himself into Steve Trevor and boom, you've got Chris Pine back in your movie.
0: That's pretty genius.
1: Yeah, I and, and I I think that's cool. I don't know if DC is going to do that or not, but I think that would be a good way to bring in you know your marquee actor back into the fold instead of you know just having him be a one and done. Because I mean their their on screen chemistry was just too good. It was to to just write it off completely now. So I, I don't know, but I, I thought the movie as a whole was really good. DC finally got one right. That's what everybody keeps saying. It's like oh they finally got one right, and. And I have to agree. I I look forward to seeing where the rest of this goes, and I hope that we have as good of an experience with Justice League in November that we had with Wonder Woman in
0: June. Yeah, I completely agree. So let's get on to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So last time I was on the podcast, Ah! I'm pretty sure that I mentioned that
1: Star-Lord is from Missouri. You did. Okay, so i went opening night i was there at the ozark bnb you know everyone a hush falls over the theater you know as they start playing the movie and as soon as it says missouri i jumped out of my seat and i'm like that's right he's from missouri (laughs) and i was so freaking excited about that and i looked at Brittany, and she's just like shaking her head like oh my god Well,
0: when we were at the movie, at the theater watching that, I was like, Lindsay, 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 JK was talking about that on the podcast, on the podcast. So if you listened to our last podcast, you knew.
1: Yeah. And I didn't know that if they were actually going to incorporate that into the movie this time around, because in the first movie, it was just there was a flag sitting on the desk there in the hospital in the first scene, and it was the Missouri State flag. Um, But this time, like, they put it in big, bold letters, you know, Missouri. And that's why I texted you right after the movie. I said, there is something in the beginning of this movie that is going to make you so happy that, you know, it's going to make you jump out of your seat almost uh, like I did. So.
0: So something else I want to point out, and this is going to be bad radio for all of our listeners, maybe from St. Louis and Nashville, Atlanta, because those are our second, third, and fourth biggest markets. But this is going to be more for our hometown springfield market so w- during that scene uh star lord's mom seemed to have quite the accent so yeah. i i deducted she was either from raymondville or the boot hill
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know actually what i thought of like with the the scenery in the background i don't know why but hannibal missouri is what jumped out to me because it seemed like it was close to the river and i don't know just that's the first time that popped into my mind
0: fulton fulton because of the power plant
1: oh yeah
0: because there was a nuclear style power plant in that and there's one in it's gotta, fulton it's got to be fulton which i don't know how far fulton is from the missouri but no
1: yeah i mean i don't think it's that not, uh, not terribly far yeah
0: so that was that was my guess yeah
1: i would i would say that's a that's definitely a reasonable guess but you know the director of the movie james gunn is from st louis he went to Slu high oh okay yeah. so
0: so uh, in that movie let's talk about maybe my favorite part uh the actor. He was in, uh, he was a WWE wrestler. Uh, what was it? Dave Bautista. Yes. I thought he was great no. in volume two.
1: Yeah. Drax. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Drax stole the show in that movie. Like, he was by far the funniest character where I think everyone kind of gravitated towards Groot in the first movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, everyone likes the main characters or whatever, but Groot was kind of your guy in the first movie. I felt like Drax was the. Like, major comic relief in the second one.
0: Oh, yeah. He was. Holy cow. Just like that guy, Drax's dry humor. Yes. Holy cow. Was killing me. Yeah.
1: I I thought that they really amped up his personality and gave him more to say. And I think that that was a big reason why that movie was successful. So, I mean, still, if I had to rank the four comic book movies, I still think it comes in at fourth. But I still loved that movie. So, that just shows you how good the four main comic book movies that we've had this year just how good they really are
0: yeah and so jk what movie do you want to hit on next before we get into previews
1: i don't have any that i've seen to talk about um movies that i've got coming up on my list that i want to see definitely dunkirk yes valerian if i have time but the here's your sleeper pick for best movie of the year logan lucky so logan lucky is a movie about Adam Driver and Channing Tata yes. team up with Daniel Craig, with an American accent Daniel Craig, which is just hilarious if you've seen the trailer, and they're going to rob a NASCAR race. And so, I'm
0: I'm in. I, I have seen the, uh, the previews for that, and I think it's going to be excellent.
1: Directed by Steven Soderbergh, who directed Ocean's Eleven. Oh! And I think we all know how I feel about Ocean's Eleven, so...
0: Yeah, so I am really looking forward to yeah, that one. That's going to be a good one. And anything, when are those coming out?
1: Uh, Dunkirk comes out Friday. Okay. Um, but I'm probably not going to be able to see it until next week. I want to say Logan Lucky is next month. Uh, we also have Atomic Blonde, which is basically yes. Charlize Theron playing you know a female James Bond. And it's directed by the guy that did John Wick. So we know it's going to have good stunts and special effects. So I'm looking forward to that one as well. Those are the three upcoming movies that i'm most looking forward to
0: okay and then looking a little long range i am just so stoked for the last jedi
1: oh man and you know we always talk about our netflix
0: pick rogue one
1: now available on netflix
0: is it really
1: so if you haven't had a chance to watch rogue one yet you definitely uh want to watch that if you have netflix
0: okay so i'm gonna give you guys some oh and Lindsay just texted me from the other room, Charlize Theron did all of her own action scenes yes. for Atomic Blonde.
1: Yes, that and that's been uh, garnering a lot of media attention. And rightfully so, because I think that's just incredible. And one more reason why I want to go see that movie. Brittany really wants to go see it too, so I'm excited to get away for that.
0: Okay, so my Netflix pick, and it is dumb comedy. I mean, dumb, dumb comedy. Masterminds with Zach galifianakis Kristen Wig, um, and Owen Wilson. I've I I watched it. that the other day and it is like make you die laughing funny, how stupid it is. Even though it's based on a true story.
1: Well, and I wanna do some research into the backstory of like how that movie was released because They were advertising that movie for a theatrical release like three years ago Mm -hmm. and then it had like a limited release and then i feel like it was on netflix like a month later and so i know that there's something weird that happened in the distribution and release of that movie but it's been on my recommended list for a while and so i definitely want to check that out but if rogue one's not my recommendation i i have a a sleeper pick movie oh let's hear it uh lucky number Slevin okay so that movie came out in 2006 i and i distinctly remember going to boondocks and licking and getting that off the <laughs> shelf so brandon smith if you're listening giving you a shout out free ad, space, free for ad boon- space. space for boondocks and licking the best movie rental store in missouri agreed um but yeah i remember taking that home and renting it and that is one of those movies where i watched it all the way through and as soon as it was over i started from the beginning and watched it again um it's about these two rival mobs uh mob families in new york and this guy that gets caught in the crossfire basically and he's being pulled back and forth between the two families like morgan freeman's the head of one family Hmm. uh oh man i'm blanking on his name i think ben ben kingsley maybe is the the head of the second family anyways it is a fantastic movie i was happy to see that it's on netflix definitely
0: check that one out So, then I want to get into a little quick TV talk. Uh, I have watched two Netflix series since the last time we did a uh, movie and culture show. One that I love, 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 is The Ranch.
1: Oh, man. Season three was awesome. Yeah. That was really good. And they always end on a cliffhanger. Yes. (laughs) Just like, oh, man. I don't know when the, the second half... Well, I know that technically this is season two but they call it season three because they do it in two blocks of 10 episodes
0: yeah because i was thinking the first season came out in september the second season also came out in september and then the third season just popped up in like march april or yeah
1: so i'm i'm hoping that we're gonna get the next block of episodes relatively soon because that's been an awesome show sam elliott oh man so great so good yeah
0: so, then uh, I'm finishing up House of Cards. That has been a little... The first couple of seasons, I was just hooked on that yes. show. Yes, Like, I could not stop watching it. It is like made... It was binge-watching at its finest. You right. would get to the end of the episode. It would be at midnight. have to work the next day. And I'm like, ah, I want to watch one more episode. Now, I feel like I have to force myself to sit through an episode.
1: Yeah, after the this... last season, I said that I... I wasn't going to go back to the well. It just... it It's getting too ridiculous.
0: And it just kept doing that this year. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm a pretty bad offender of finishing watching something that I started just to see how it turns out. Right. And that's where I'm finding myself with House of Cards right now. It's where I've been for a couple of years. Which is a shame because I think
1: you can make a good argument that House of Cards is the show that started binge-watching culture. Yeah. I mean, that was the first Netflix original series... Um, that really, really took off. Yeah. And I I definitely love the first two seasons. Thought season three was okay. Season four did nothing for me at all. But there's a Netflix original series premiering Friday that I know you're going to want to watch. And I know our listeners are going to want to watch. I know what you're going to say. Ozark? Yep. Yeah. I think that's going to be awesome. With Jason Bateman? Jason Bateman and Laura Lenny. Yes. So, Lucas, I know you like the John Adams miniseries, uh, Abigail Adams, the actress that played her. She's going to be in Ozark, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that show a lot. Have yeah. been for a long time.
0: Yeah, and the, the premise of that, from what I've gathered, is Jason Bateman is, I'm going to assume an accountant He's for the mob? He's a money launderer. Money launderer. For the drug cartel. Okay, and things start to go bad, people around him start to die, his partner dies, and they move to the Missouri <laughs> Ozarks. Lake of the Ozarks, oh, okay. specifically, yeah. And But what's funny is I don't think a single
1: scene was actually shot at Lake of the Ozarks. They shot it in Georgia because Georgia has great tax breaks and tax code or whatever. So they save money by actually shooting it in Georgia. But the setting, like, ostensibly is Lake of the Ozarks. I don't know. I thought that was interesting.
0: So how do they do that? Do they go to Lake of the Ozarks and they go to Georgia and find a place in Georgia that looks like Lake of the Ozarks? I'm assuming so. Um, that That's the best thing I can come up with. The show creator
1: actually had a job at a local resort at lake of the ozarks Hmm. i'm not sure which one i don't know if it was tantara or should i say margaritaville (laughs) uh but yeah he he had an experience as a young man working at a resort in lake of the ozarks now i don't know if his boss was running money for the drug cartel (laughs) but or where he made that connection but either way like i'm in i love jason bateman i love missouri love the ozarks i'm in
0: yeah, I am completely in as well. JK, do you have anything before we get ready to go record our Punting Thrones?
1: Uh, nope. I don't have anything else. Okay,
0: that's all we got, folks. Uh as I kind of alluded to, we are going to drop Punting Thrones tonight. It is going to be our hopefully weekly. We may have to do some quite a bit of phone interviews on this review of season 7 yes. of Game of Thrones. So, That will be coming up shortly. Thank you all for listening. Have a good week.